There's people that are gone too soon, and some of them are gorgeous. Are you lonely? Think your soulmate isn't born yet? Maybe she died already. We have MILFs, JILFs, and pretty young ladies. Death for us at Summons Inc. only means it's harder to travel. All over 18 and consenting to work with us, we're not monsters. How did I end up on this site? I don't even know. I woke up one day after a bad hangover of drinking cheap wine alone at home, and it was open on my computer. There was an address and a few vague compliments from so-called former clients. Amazing experience. Carl, 26. Cheaper than pleasing my ex-wife. Marcus, 42. Good to know people are still hot in the afterlife. Ethan, 21. Why am I falling for this bullshit, you ask? Being a lesbian in a small city is hard, especially when you're not feminine enough to attract women that like girly girls but not masculine enough to be the opposite type. My few girlfriends were from other states, other countries even, and ended up cheating on me. Long-distance relationships with the living aren't working. Why not try the dead? Also, $89.99 is way less than I paid for a plane ticket to watch Leslie Riley kiss her real girlfriend in front of me. Yes, I was the side chick. Best friend my ass. My hotel was non-refundable, you bitch. And I'm bored. I'm bored with life. I want to do something out of the ordinary. That's how every shitstorm starts, isn't it? The address was in a bigger town, a two-hour drive, and they opened on Saturdays, so I jumped to my old Corolla, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, my only companion on the road. It was easy to find the address, despite not being a big building, the place was brand new and flashy. I parked in a nearby smaller street and entered. I was welcomed by a woman with very red lips and bulky belayed hair that looked like her name was Shonda. And it really was. Shonda was in her mid-thirties and wore a red talia, the exact tone of her lips and false laboutons. She was cheery after seeing me enter. Hi, I'm Shonda, she pointed at the cheap golden name tag. What's your name, dear? It's Farah. So, you're here to get a girlfriend for yourself? Yeah. Uh, that's alright. I said, insecure. Of course it is, silly. So let me explain. We'll do a match on our database to find the ideal date for you. Your date will be available during 48 hours after her summoning. No need to worry. She'll simply tell you she needs to go and leave, then disappear out of sight. When you come for the next time, and believe me, you will, she chuckled. We'll do a new match, or you can pay a $29.99 fee to have a specific girl summoned. Now, may I have your credit card? She talked about disrupting the souls of the dead like it was a mere office business. But it was interesting. It was worth it. After paying, I filled a few forms in a tablet. They didn't ask for personal info such as a full name or legal documents. Just your preference to make sure you're getting a good match. It was pretty much a personality test. I finished in around 15 minutes and Shonda said, Great! With a big smile and asked me to wait, then typed furiously. The summoning would take 10 minutes. After the appointed time, a girl from a back door, she was in the middle 20s like me and pretty cute, with shoulder-length brown hair and big, shiny eyes. Hi, Farah! She seemed joyful and kissed me in the cheek. 
Her body felt very solid and warm, but surprised me for some reason. I'm Liz. What do you want to do together? We were still in time for a late lunch, so I took Liz to the place that I liked. She asked a lot about me, but I'm pretty boring, so I'll spare you the details. It feels so good to properly eat again, she remarked, biting a huge piece of her burger. I had chosen a place with plenty of options, and was eating spaghetti alle patinesca. What do you mean properly eat? I asked. What's the afterlife like? You can't eat? Oh, I can tell you a lot about that, but you don't need to eat there. Sometimes we eat just because we miss it, but it never tastes as good because it's not exactly real, she explained, her mouth still half full. How is it not real, if, if, if I can ask that, of course? Everything in the afterlife is made of thoughts. You can make things come to existence with your mind, but it's hard. You have to be, let's say, high level, or friends with people that are experienced. It's easier to collectively imagine things and places, too. I get it. This is so fascinating, I said. I could spend all the time asking her about being dead. I wanted to know how she died, how she lived, everything. But it seemed too rude, so I could only hope she would spontaneously talk about it. We talked about a lot of things. She was very nice and, like myself, a Dickens fan. I think that we really connected, and when we shared a dessert by the end of the meal, it felt like I knew Lisa for at least a few weeks. It was hard to guess when she died, because she knew a lot about current subjects. I had asked how. She smiled. Summons Inc. helps us keep up with everything that's happening, so we can connect better with the living. I can even sing a little bit of a Frank Ocean song, you know? I laughed. I hope they pay you well for that. You don't need money in the afterlife, Farah. You need knowledge to create things with your mind. That's all. But they pay me the best thing I could ask for. Being back sometimes. It's good to see the world changing firsthand, and it's nice to meet new people. After all, it's not bad, but it can get lonely. Sometimes every day is the same. Didn't it happen when you were alive, too? <laughs> no, dear. I had no time to be boring back then. She simply asked, then grabbed my hand. You're really sweet. Thank you. You're sweet, too, I said with a smile. I couldn't stop looking at her hands and wondering how it was possible to make her real, even if only for two days. You're wondering what I am right now, aren't you? She openly laughed. Don't worry, this is not my first afterlife date. I don't know how I can be like that, but I'm neither a ghost nor a corpse. During the time I'm here, I'm a human, like you. Everything went smoothly from then on. I told Lisa about my exes, and she told me a lot about her friends on the other side, and, and how it was preparation to get a living date. For example, you can't learn a language you don't already know, unless you study it for a proper time in the afterlife. It can take as much as you'd take on Earth, but it usually takes less, because you don't need to waste time taking care of your bodily needs. Lisa learned Italian after she died. Have you wondered what would happen if someone bad went there to get a date? Could they hurt one of you? I asked, suddenly worried. Oh no. The matching process doesn't depend only on the forms. It's something somewhat supernatural. A bad man would be assigned some lady demon, and that would not end well. The method is perfect, 
as far as I know. Well, it seems to be, I said, gently placing a kiss on her lips. She reciprocated. We walked around the city, had a Sunday together, then I drove us back to my place. It's a small, unspecific flat, but she seemed to like it. She was also fascinated by city lights, fairy lights, and lights in general. What a cute girl. Sex was great, and we cuddled and ordered pizza afterwards. I'd say it was a normal date, except it was so much better than my normal dates. She's even-tempered, easy to please, and had the softest skin. It's literally everything I asked for in a woman. I was ready to dismiss everything as an inebriated dream. But when I woke up the next morning, she was there. I don't think I ever smiled so wide. It was a good day. She loved watching movies and drinking wine and turning light switches on and off. I started to make the calculations of how much I would need to summon her every weekend. It would be the most solid relationship I ever had. Maybe if I took a few extra hours of work during the week, I could make it. We were once again lazily snuggling in bed after sex. Nothing more fitting for a rainy Sunday afternoon, and I even asked myself if that's how it felt to be happy. I never had a terrible life, I I only knew what averageness was like. She raised her eyebrows, and I was shook off from my abstractedness. Was it good? You know? Lisa blushed. It was my first time with a woman. A distant siren sounded in my head. I didn't know why, but I ignored it, and I assured her it was amazing. She explained she signed up for dating girls after repeatedly being requested by the same guy. The first time was fine, but she was getting bored of not meeting new people. Monday came, and I called in sick to spend the rest of my time with Lisa at home. I never met someone so fun to be with and so grateful for the same things, such as eating and sleeping. You can sleep there, sure, but you never dream, she explained. What's the point, right? I did what I always do in my relationships, and I rushed things. I'm going to miss you, Lisa. Can I request you again? Well, I think I won't get bored with you. She half smiled. My heart kind of broke for remembering why she stopped dating men. I'm not special for her. It sucks. It really sucks. We were watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine together and we made out and talked. So she added, You're such a Charles Boyle. I laughed. Then got distracted by my own curiosity. Do summons ink have something from you to summon you? Yes. It makes summonings easier and cheaper. They got it from my grave. Uh, you can visit it someday. I barely get visits lately. She sounded a little bit sad. Of course. I would love to, I said. Then she told me her full name and the city she was buried in. It was nearby. We spent a little more time together. I grew restless, but did my best to enjoy every last hour. Well, Farah, it's time. She kissed my nose. I had a great time with you. Thank you so much. If you see my daughter, please tell her to visit more. And she quietly walked away. I had seen her naked body, so I knew she probably had kids, but, you know, it's not something you think about when you look at that. Was I in love with a dead girl? Deciding to seize the time I still had that day, I started searching for her. It was easy to find the cemetery, so I drove myself there. 
After looking for a while, I finally found a beautiful white marble grave. Lisa had been beloved in life. Next to it sat a familiar figure with a posy of yellow roses. The sound of my footsteps might have startled her, and she abruptly turned in my direction. Then her face relaxed in a smile. She had been crying. Vera, it's so good to see you here. I didn't know you knew where your great-grandma was buried, said my grandmama. She died young, and now I'm the only daughter left. I actually dreamt of her, I said. My face beat red from the terrible realization. She asked you to visit more. Grandmama was now openly crying, clearly touched. I will, sweetie. It's so good to know. Sometimes I have the feeling she's still with me. She hugged me very tightly. What were you doing in your dream? I was now crying too, but these were tears of embarrassment. Uh, eating pizza. We wanted to have a good time together, my girlfriend and I. You see, she's a nurse and has to work the night shift. The hospital she works at requires about five years of experience before you can even think about working on the day shift. This wouldn't be such a problem, but I work as a marketer. I have a typical 9 to 5 in an office and it's really tough finding time for each other. Our sleep schedules are chaotic, to say the least. So when Valentine's Day rolled around on a day and night that we were both working, we got really frustrated. It's really hard to explain how you feel like you're being cheated at a time. Like there isn't going to be a moment you can sit down and truly enjoy your relationship for what it is. But we decided that we weren't going to let our lame schedules get the best of us. We decided that we'd visit a city for a weekend, away. Valentine's Day fell on a Thursday, but we figured having a little trip that weekend would be the next best thing, maybe even better. She's been really adamant about visiting Oak Ridge in Tennessee. Her grandfather worked there back in the day, and it's always been an interest of her. She's always telling me these facts about how creepy it is and how she just has to go one day. It's roughly an 8 hour drive from where we live, so we made a deal about driving. I was going to drive the entire way there, and she was going to drive while we were actually in the city. She totally got a good deal of the bargain, but that's just what you do when you care for your girlfriend. But something strange happened, something that has tainted my memory ever since then. When I think back and remember that weekend away, I'm not thinking about us cuddling up on the couch or any of the fun places we got to visit there either. We got there Friday night. She mostly slept in the car, but still felt really tired. She told me she'd be able to sleep that night once we got there and be awake and be normal for the next day. So that's just what we did, and it was a really good day. We got to visit a museum and learn all about the Manhattan Project even got to visit a plant where her grandfather used to work. At least, we're pretty sure it's the one he worked at. He's deceased now, so no real way of telling. But the tour guide said this was where the majority of them worked, when the bombs were done. And well, I guess he worked on the bombs. Anyway, the day was great, but it didn't last very long. By the time it was dark, we were out of ideas for things to do and quite frankly out of energy. We decided to visit our favorite fast food joint, Wendy's. Don't judge us, 
and she was driving as we made our way there. It was only 10 or 15 minutes away from where we were. She had her music on and I was just kind of looking out the window. At one point, a blue Mustang was beside our car. We were stopped at a red light, and I looked out the window and peered into theirs. I saw a very old man. He looked unhappy, miserable even. His skin looked unnaturally pale, but I'm not sure when he started, but he was staring at me. It wasn't until I looked into the car that I noticed it either. Not gonna lie, kinda freaked me out. We made eye contact for about 5 seconds, and then for the briefest of moments, he smiled. But it was so fast. It must have been a split second that his mouth went into a smile and then back into a frown. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen. I looked over at my girlfriend, and she hadn't noticed at all. She was jamming out to Bohemian Rhapsody. The light turned green and we were in motion again. I didn't take my eyes off that car for the rest of the ride, at least until they turned. That's not the craziest part. You see, it gets even weirder. We were planning on leaving Monday morning, and on Sunday night, we went out to eat, but this time to an actual restaurant. We weren't feeling fast food again. We looked on Google and found a local restaurant that had pretty decent reviews. I had my favorite food deep fried chicken. So off we went. I had completely forgotten about that strange man I saw in that car, but about halfway through my meal, I noticed him again. This time though, he was in the restaurant. He was staring at me. I know he was, and when I noticed, he did the same exact facial movement. Just the way I remembered. He went from a miserable frown to a split second smile. And then, he was back to frowning in just an instant. I'm not entirely sure my reaction was warranted. He hadn't actually done anything wrong to me, and I was enjoying a nice meal with my girlfriend. This is why it was so strange for my fight-or-flight instinct to kick in. I went up and confronted him. He was sitting at a booth alone. I asked him why he was looking at me. To my absolute surprise, he never said a word. Just sat there and frowned at me. I asked him what his problem was before my girlfriend told me it was time, and we headed home. She knows I can get a little worked up and wanted to avoid some sort of confrontation. It's not illegal to look at people, she said. Still though, it was something about that man that made me feel so strange, so watched. Well, Monday morning came. We were about an hour into the car ride, and she was asleep again. And you guessed it, you totally guessed it, I saw this freaky old man again. But this time it was way worse. For starters, he was driving a totally different car. I don't know what this guy's life is like, but I can just imagine what you have to do to be able to afford a Mustang and still have enough money to have a second car. And to make matters even worse, he had been in the left lane as he was going to pass me, but he didn't. He just placed me for about a mile. I noticed that there was a car next to me. It wasn't until I looked over to flip the bird that I recognized him. It was a creepy old man, but he wasn't frowning anymore. That smile that he'd been able to muster for a split second was now permanently stained on his aged face. It was the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. Suddenly he turns his head forward and aggressively veers his car in my direction. Reflexively, I slam the brakes and swerve off to the side of the road. My girlfriend is shaken awake and all we can see is a vehicle speeding off in the distance through a cloud of dirt. My heart was racing like crazy and by the time I could process my girlfriend screaming, asking what's going on, I started to feel myself choke up. 
We discussed whether or not we should waste our time calling the police, but I was so scared. The best possible course of action seemed to be just to get the hell out of that godforsaken town as fast as possible. The rest of the ride home happened without incident, and I haven't seen him since. Needless to say, that was the least romantic and most insane Valentine's Day I have ever had.